It's like there's a hundred people in a room. Uh, Ninety-nine of them think you're crazy. They've got no belief in you. You tell them you think Babe Two Pig in the City is a great film, and they don't believe. They think you're crazy. But then that one person does agree with you, and that one person is Tom Waits. Welcome to Art Cinema for Art Cinemas, Babes Talking Babes. Part two, uh, where we talk about Babe Two. Pig in the City. I'm Simon. I'm Nadim. This is our podcast's 48th episode. Is it? Nah. <laughs> I don't think it is, is it? I was just being, I was, I was in, this was an ode to the 48 pigs it takes to make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it takes 48 pigs and three ounces of pee. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. I should have said in the last episode that uh, the weight, uh, guessing the weight bit that the farmer does, uh, he, he picks up the pig and he goes, uh, 16 pounds and five, and then the pig pisses all over his shoes, <laughs> and then he goes, 16 pounds two. So it goes from five to two ounces, and I just thought... It's a three ounce piss. There's no fucking way that's a three ounce piss. The guy's clearly crazy, but it won him the pig. Roll credits. Roll credits. Art cinema, art cinema. Art cinema, art cinema. Art cinema, art cinema. Yes. Babe so, two. Yeah. Pig in the city. It came out a few years after the first one, and this one actually was directed by George Miller, that Australian guy. 1998 is yeah. when it came out. 1998 film. So, Babe 2, Pig in the City. It's actually not even called Babe 2, it's just called Babe Colon, Pig in the City. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it picks up straight after the first film. So, Babe comes home to his local village farm, and <laughs> at the very start... Everyone is absolutely having a massive big celebration of Babe's achievement of winning the sheep pig competition. Woo! Hey. Well done, Babe! And they've all got like fucking like protest signs, but they're all like, "Yeah, we love pigs." <laughs> <laughs> like so, the whole village has made like protest signs, but like how much they love the pig. Like, woo! We love the pig. Woo! And then there's like plane. There's a plane that sky writes, and it writes ham, and then it then another plane comes and writes a C and a P, so it says champ. Champ. That's some clever wordplay by George Miller there, man. And then there's like 20 photographers and they all come and take photos of Babe and it's like, how many people are in this fucking village? Like, 20 photographers. That's That means that if you scale that up, that's a sizable village. Maybe the photographers came from afar. To celebrate the achievements of the sheep pig. They came from afar, outside the farm, like a har glides across the river looking like a spooky smoke so babe when he's back home in the farm Mm -hmm. babe basically he makes a little bit of a fucking boo-boo okay babe (laughs) farmer hoggett is down a well on the farm oh it's a sad this is a fucking depressing film oh carry on yeah (laughs) babe babe knocks a tile off the top of the well because he's just happy to see farmer hoggett in the well and he accidentally falls down the well and that results in some kind of like farmer hoggett. He ends up getting fl- flown up in the air and thrown up up out the well. Then he lands back down the well. Farmer hoggett ends up landing right near the bottom of the well. And then Babe slips again. And the pulley system that lets people in and out of the well falls down on top of Farmer Hoggett's head. And for a minute, I thought he'd fucking killed Farmer Hoggett. I was like, Babe is a fucking murderer. 
Mm-hmm. But he didn't actually murder Farmer Hoggy. He yeah. just gravely injured him. Or yeah. no, that would imply that he was dying. He just nearly gravely injured him. <laughs> so <laughs> the result is that Farmer Hoggy isn't able to do his work anymore. And the winnings from Babe winning the sheep pen competition clearly dry up. And the farm enters a little bit of financial ruin, which was touched on in the first film. So to save their troubles, Farmer Hoggett's wife, Esme Hoggett, takes up an offer to go on a live tour with Babe and, and kind of like show him off, do a press tour with Babe to show off the sheep pig in a different place, in a different city, in a, abroad somewhere. So they venture out into the big bad world mm-hmm. and they're unable to get any further because of a, a little debacle. And the result is they're stranded in the city uh, and basically the story is just about Babe being in the city by himself. Being in the city, the the every city. <laughs> it's hard to explain this film. This film is so f***ing strange, okay? Yeah, it's bonkers. This film is off the wall crazy. So instead of... So the first film, as we mentioned, is a little bit kind of... It settles into itself quite nicely. It's very small story that's kind of complex in some ways but not really in others so it's about a pig who wants to become a sheepdog <laughs> and he becomes a sheepdog well done well done babe bravo this bravo. one is about a pig who gets stuck in a city living in a house with circus performers who are all animals and being separated from his owner and then they go on this wild ass wacky adventure in which they end up with even more animals and then they all end up living in a hotel and <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so well it's crazy it's like it's a chain of uh, unfortunate events chain of consequences yeah. Yeah. basically they have a nightmare of a time it's a nightmarish time mm. in a lot of ways and yet they, they kind of managed to slap a youth certificate on it and call it a family film yeah there's plenty of right so when talking to you about this film Simon mm. uh, I mentioned to you that this, this film was really much, the two babe films were very much under my skin and I realised now I was talking absolute crap right I hadn't seen the first one, I don't think. I think, I, <laughs> I think I'd only seen this one because uh. I didn't remember a single thing about the first movie if I'd seen it. But this one, oh my God, there's images from this one that are clearly like burned right into my brain. So I kept on, while watching this film, I just kept on getting like these weird like Vietnam flashbacks <laughs> to my childhood. So like the bit where the mice are singing, no, young Edith Piaf. I was like... This is a bit, this is like from my childhood. I remember this bit. Or the bit where Ferdinand the Duck is flying after the jumbo jet and he's like, oh, oh, oh. And he's and trying to keep up with all the pelicans of yeah. like, just follow us, you know, yeah. <laughs> There's a duck following a plane to, to get to the big city. I was like, I remember that scene really well. The mice singing That's Amore when they're like, Yeah, again, childhood. And then. The destruction of the circus show where the clown like has a breakdown and then Babe causes the whole thing to go on fire and then all the all the chimpanzees and stuff are just like mauling about and stuff and it's all exploding and stuff. You know the bit I'm talking about? They're yeah, like a, yeah. They're like a children's hospital or something. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Burned into my brain. And then finally, the bit where Esme is in the court so Esme, the mum, gets the, the, the farmer's wife gets locked up in, in jail <laughs> and she ends up in court. And as she's in court, she's speaking so fast that the guy who's writing down the notes in court is just like furiously typing away. And, and like there's bits of paper being spat out the typewriter at rate of notes. And that's very funny. So tons of really like 
imaginative little moments in this film that I that are clearly have gotten very much under my skin. Totally bonkers fucking movie, man. Yeah, no, it's a good. It's like I'll tell you what though. Even the the, the singing mice thing. Like, I mean, if you what I, I watched these films on consecutive nights, and yeah. when it got into the second film with the the squeaky thing, it was just like fucking hell, you know. Like, <laughs> and afterwards, it was like I, I started feeling like you know. There was this, a TV show that went through 17 or something incarnations, It'll Be All Right on the Night, presented by Dennis Norden, I think his name was. Where yeah. it, was it was just it was a collection of bloopers. It's like when people on TV shows screw up their lines or uh, plants fall down in the background. Never heard that. And weird. then like you'll hear like the laughter just like roar. It's like, oh my God, they forgot their line or they <laughs> spilt paint all over themselves. And uh, what happens after you've watched an hour of one of those shows... You inevitably watch the next program, and you, you, your brain is just like waiting for something to fuck up. <laughs> You're like, when, when's the bit where like the window just falls over and like you know? It's, it's the same with Babe. It was like I was waiting on like, when does the chorus of mice start singing for no fucking reason? And like like little circle just like following the, the the mice around at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, the iris. Very very strange. Yeah, yeah. this film. This film. Instead of doing the sequel thing of like, we'll just do the same thing again. When that's just, that seems to be endemic these days. It's just like, they make the same movie again. And even like, something that's a little bit more subversive, like Deadpool. Have you seen Deadpool 2? Yeah. It's the fucking same film as the first one. Yeah, pretty much. Why would you, why would you follow up a subversive movie with a movie that's the exact same? It's like, it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) This one instead, instead of having, uh... And actually, I'm, I'm a little I'm kind of stealing this a little bit from Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert, esteemed film critic that we love, mm-hmm. he gave this film four out of four stars. So he loved this movie. Yeah. <laughs> this film is, um, instead of having more human characters like you'd probably expect to make it more plotty, there's a ton of animal characters. There's chimpanzees, there's orangutans, there's cats, there's more dogs. There's like, you name it, there's, there's that, you know. Instead of it being set at the farm again or, or you know, in the same setting... They take it to a city that is made up of all the cities in the world. So it's not, they don't go to New York. They go to a city that's got the Hollywood sign in the background and the Jesus statue from Rio de Janeiro and the Golden Gate Bridge and the Eiffel Tower. You name it. It's there. In Sydney the Opera House. Sydney Statue Opera House. of Liberty. <laughs> it's yeah, all it's there. All there. Yeah. So Babe is like looking out the window of the hotel. Uh, all these things in, all the all one, things in the one little area of landscape. It's little, brilliant. Little Babe. Art Cinema Fart Cinema's very own Dating Drone. Dating Drone. Hi, I'm Vanessa. I'm 36. I've got 27 kids, but they're not all mine. I need a daddy. I got fake tits. I'm so into watching my sport that I think that a real compliment to my personality would be a dressmaker. Like someone who could make a dress while I was watching sport. It just seems to me like that would be a really vivid and wild combination of things happening. I'd be on the city with lager in my hand drinking and watching the sport and you'd be making a dress in the other side of the room. That's like the perfect seesaw, like when you're a child and you're on a seesaw with someone that's exactly the same weight as you, and you're just going up and down, and you're going at it. 
Hello, my name is Kubling. I am a very young man. I will not be disclosing my age, however, just out of fear for my security and privacy. <laughs> I love blonde girls. I love ginger girls. I love brown-haired girls, but I do not, not like the black hair. If you have the black hair, you must dye it. <laughs> dye it. If you are the fat girl, you must dye it. <laughs> do you understand me now? <laughs> I am not a toxic person, but I have high standards. I am slim, athletic, and I have muscles. Do you understand me? <laughs> so basically, at the airport... Babe gets talking to a drug dog yeah. and the drug dog basically shows him what happens when he finds, like, some... Uh, does his job. substance, yeah. So he, he, he shows this by getting on top of Big's... Uh, big? Babe's... Big. Babe's cage. Getting on top of Babe's little carry box and howling as if he's found drugs. And uh, that leads, obviously, Babe to being confiscated and unable to carry on with the, the tour that was intended for them and that's also what leads them to stay in a hotel that takes in pigs this freaky woman who's all like you know these these animals need some place to go but i can't you know let let the neighbors know that i'm harvesting this so basically it's the hotel of strange animals and humans who look like animals yeah <laughs> it's, the, it's the refuge of the dam basically refuge yeah. of the weird looking humans and animals of the weirdos Aye, so that's that's basically where this film uh, is set and kind of. I think what's actually nice is that because this film flopped, <laughs> it it can only be a film of weirdos because it's not a film that cl- clearly not a film that had any kind of mainstream appeal for some reason. And that bit before the credits about where I joked about Tom Waits liking it, it's actually true. Tom Waits likes this film, and Tom yeah. Waits is a singer songwriter and actor who's got that kind of left field weirdo. Uh, belonging with the circus freaks type kind of vibe to him, you know. <laughs> I think that's probably why he likes it and why there's this joke in his household. Whenever, whenever he gets uh, slips his shoes off, it says, "What are we watching tonight, kids?" They go, "Oh, Dad, not Pig in the City." You <laughs> <laughs> too, Pig in the City. <laughs> I love that film. Yeah, well, it. apparently it's a bit of a cult film now. Apparently, it's got a bit of cult, mm. it's kind of got a cult status. You but, know what? Like, you see, when I was. Uh, a younger guy and I was getting into uh, that, exactly that period of time of Barry Norman being on the TV and I'm now I'm, I'm stroking my chin and I'm taking films quite seriously <laughs> and uh, a friend of mine said you know basically when people talk about a cult film they basically mean a crap film and I was like what? <laughs> That's oh, not true. I'm outraged and stuff and I'm starting to see doing this podcast I'm starting to see that there's an element of truth to the fact that everything <laughs> becomes a cult film Kinda. Biggle, Biggles becomes a cult film. This becomes a cult. Basically, what it means is a few people just decide to have affection for it, regardless. Yeah. That's a cult film. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. There's kind of that. I mean, there's all. Well, there's you know? there's layers to cultness, and there's types of cult. Yeah, you, you you got like the uber cult films like Rocky Horror, right? Yeah. And The Room, like th- those are like cult films that. You, there's not many cult films who are going to manage to hit that kind of status. You know, mm-hmm. that's that, that's another level. But then there's films like Scott Pilgrim, which I think are cult films. Because I can, like, quote Scott Pilgrim to, like, my pal, and he'll just, like, we'll have a quote off, and it's, like, that's insane that a mm-hmm. film that flopped so badly is beloved. This They're that flop as well, yeah. Big time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> big old... Big I didn't old even know that. You know that. Dead. It, I, did, it did not make money. 
Ah, poor old Scott. Poor Scotty P. Yeah. They actually attributed it to the fact that audiences were sick of looking at Michael Sarah's fucking face. And apparently that meant that in the in the poster of Scott Pilgrim, they don't show Scott's face like it's a picture of him leaning over over the guitar, over the bass. Um, and you can't see Michael Sarah's face. <laughs> apparently. That might just be bullshit. He's kind of has he's 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 dried up in his career, hasn't he? Well he kinda of just did the same thing for ten years and then, you know, I'm over it now. Like they yeah. kind of like oh, oh Michael Sarah I'm dorky I don't know I love it I just, I love Michael Sarah he's awesome but I don't know it's a bit weird to think of that in that context as a Twin Peaks fan the fact that he came into Twin Peaks so he did I haven't seen that yet. yeah you're not seen it yet but uh, or or probably never will but uh, <laughs> I will watch it but Michael Sarah Michael Sarah came into Twin Peaks' third recent series and it was just like okay <laughs> <laughs> he's it's not probably no 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 it's probably one of those things where it's it, it was a, apparently David Lynch was really excited about the fact that you know Michael Sarah was going to be in this and he's he was keeping it under wraps oh, and yeah? just like I can't can't believe that because we're doing this it's going to work so well and maybe maybe it's um, a a sort of self-reflexive thing of uh, we know that this guy's annoyed people but he's brilliant anyway he's great he's so good watch Arrested Development he's he's awesome he's amazing absolutely great lad anyway what were we talking about well we're talking (laughs) about a film called Babe 2 was that just Pig in the City Pig in the City yeah No. so the start of this film when the bankers come right uh, I was talking just as you're saying that put your fingers in your mouth like this uh huh and say bankers bankers (laughs) bankers so when the wankers came um <laughs> there was thunder and lightning as the wankers came when they arrived and uh i thought that was really cool it was like uh, it was proper like there was like a really f- sort of artificial strike of lightning down your right of the screen as it happened mm. and then the thunder came five seconds later does that mean that the storm was closer five miles away five miles away That's exactly that's the you rule. count, and that's the yeah. That's right. uh, so it was five miles uh, on their arse when the when the when wankers the arrived. <laughs> anyway, um, I thought that was a nice touch. So you mentioned in the first of the first film that the production design is awesome. Yeah, I think it steps up the game in this one. It's even better. It's actually it's yeah. It's more like a surreal film. It's more like a, it feels like. A, a, did you watch Holy Motors? Did you? I've not seen it yet. No. Or it feels like a, a Louis Buñuel film a little bit. There's moments that that feel a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah. Like the the hotel is beautiful. It's this beautiful set. It was. It's apparently. I don't know if it still exists, but it, it was. It was apparently built in a giant backlot, like a giant um, like a soundstage. And it's got this gorgeous like canal system running between the hotel and all the buildings around it. And it was clearly built. It was it's like a set, a little bit like the like the Wizard of Oz's um, Munchkinland type thing. It's this yeah. huge big set. And I was like, I really want to go there. It's like this beautiful hotel with this bridge going over it, and there's canal water, there's water. It's very very cool. So that that aspect of it is insane. And I mean, the film, the first film's budget was thirty million. This film's budget was three times as much. It was ninety million. But it made f**k all at the box office. This film <laughs> flopped hard. So this yeah. film made about 60 to, I think about 70 million. So this film f**king flopped. When you consider yeah. that the first one made 250 odd million and won, won a Best Picture nomination. The first film was the same level of success as Pulp Fiction. It yeah. was the same budget to, to you know, profit. That sort uh, of thing, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like this total, like, 
out of nowhere Australian movie that really <laughs> hit it big with kids. Well, this yeah. film didn't. Yeah. And it's a shame. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's obviously pretty good, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually read a review that gave it one and a half star out of five when I was, was younger. Mm. And uh, it's just basically drilled on the point that it's like the most unnecessary, bleak and depressing film that just it makes no sense why you would make a, a film this bleak mm. as a sequel to Babe. It's so striking, though, I think. Yeah. I There's something really quite unique about it and quite compelling I think. it did make me laugh and it made me remember something like you know how there's the series of films called The Crow there's Brandon Lee as yeah, The Crow and then, right. then he died in the making of it and then there was other films starring different people as The Crow I remember watching The Crow 2 City of Angels uh, with my mum who loved the first Crow film and you know The Crow's like it's an 1880 movie and there's violence and there's drug use in it and stuff but it's actually a romantic film and in fact it doesn't cross too many lines for a lot of people. Mm. Uh, the Crow 2 City of Angel pretty much has BDSM scenes in it and yeah. stuff, if I remember. And my mum was just like, wait a minute, this isn't like the first film. The first <laughs> film was a nice film. And this is the, 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 the. You ruined everything. <laughs> made me think, maybe, put, maybe there are some people that went into Babe 2 and just had exactly the same heartbreak. <laughs> just yeah. like, wait a minute, what the... <laughs> Why are we in some weird city with like oh god and what was you know what what was the the farmer's wife's name there the character's name again Esme Hoggett Why is Esme Hoggett just like her her legacy is trashed by this film you know <laughs> it's soiled it's like watching like a Cor- Coronation Street actress you know getting dragged into some fucking weird depraved <laughs> <laughs> like a Gaspar Noe film or something yeah you know? yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, one thing I want to say as well, like, Babe's Merkin has changed colour in this one. It's a blonde... He's gone from having a, a, a brown pubic wig to I a blonde I actually didn't one. notice this wig it's in fa- the second. It's fucking... Little I, I His little toupee's got lighter in colour. Maybe he dyed it. Maybe he got it bleached. Uh, I suppose if you... Superstardom kind of brings on this sort yeah, of behaviour, doesn't like, it? Get, unless I'm dyeing my hair. Get a little bit of highlight in there, yeah. But what do, you, what do they call it? Maybe just the tips or whatever. Yeah. Oh. Frosted tips. Frosted tips. So yeah, Babe, Babe, as ever, doesn't really learn anything in this film. Like, like these films fail to offer any kind of, like... I don't think he develops in, in any either of these films. He's just this kind of naive little pig who seems to always be right about everything and then everyone comes around to his way of thinking by the end of it mm-hmm. like so it's weird I think the fun in this film is the fact that it's so it's first of all so outlandish and creative second of all it's got these it's kind of similar to the first point but it's these compelling moments and images like so so the I, it will stick in my brain forever the the clown being taken out of the hotel and he's on the stretcher and I was like oh, so, <laughs> something really weirdly kind of sticky about that image I, think. I don't know what about the dogs with peels for back, the back of his legs is, is that his back legs obviously are a bit fucked up and he's got peels <laughs> I have instead. to wonder if that's real or not because you know how so we talked about how in the first movie um, they used 48 pigs for <laughs> to play babe Surely they use more than one dog to play the part of the dog with the back with the wheels instead of back legs, right? So either they had a bunch of disabled dogs that look the same, or they purposefully disabled a perfectly good dog to play the disabled dog. Or more likely they just used the real dog for a few shots and then used the animatronic dog. Yeah. Because this film has a ton of like animal stunts in it that to nowadays audiences wouldn't play I don't think at all like even so I'm not like I'm not like a mad animal rights activist or any shit like that but 
certainly when I was watching this, there was moments where I was just like, oh, fuck, is this like, mm. is this ethical? Is this, yeah. Because there's like, there's orangutans in it. There's like, you know, there's like working animal actors in this film of all kinds. There's mm-hmm. chimpanzees, you name it. There's like animals that work in this film. And there's moments where I'm just like, is is this like okay for the animal? <laughs> like, are you sure this is okay? Chimpanzees and massive big crowds of people are, or there's a bit where a dog gets like hung upside down underwater and I'm like that must be an animatronic but yeah. there wasn't any moment where I was convinced it was I was like did they actually hang a dog upside down by its hind leg like, yeah, they're, they're, I think it is I don't know if I said this in the last one but I, I do think it's weird the making of these films must have been an ordeal and it's there's an accomplishment there it's very strange that these DVDs aren't embellished with making of and a little bit suspicious, huh? Stories, story behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. It's almost as if they executed every fucking animal on the fucking set. George Miller ate them all himself. Yeah, don't want to suggest anything I there, but love yeah. eating animals. Cut, I and then they just pull out a gun and pop. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Hi, Daddy Sean. I forgot y'all forget the understanding that I like to eat your kitty. <laughs> I'll eat your kitty. <laughs> My name is Samantha. As a child, I was frozen into a waterfall. This has marked my life. I feel a stillness all the time, even when everyone around me is moving very fast and flustered. I feel the stillness of the frozen waterfall. I'm looking for someone who's got that pace inside them, that boom, boom, boom pace, just a slow pace, a frozen waterfall pace. Okay, so uh, I am uh, James. We can go on the date, but I am allergic to the peanuts. You cannot bring peanuts. You cannot order the food of the peanuts. We cannot go to a restaurant with peanuts. I cannot eat or be near peanuts. I break out in the hives. I start to vomit out of my mouth and asshole. Please, I cannot eat peanuts. You must understand. No fucking peanuts. Hi there, my name is Chucky. I have a podcast. Listen to my podcast, please. It doesn't have any listeners and I think it's great. Please listen to my podcast. I don't really care what you're dating. I don't even have a penis. Please, just listen to my podcast. I talk about DIY, I talk about cars, and I talk about politics. All the fun stuff for women and men to enjoy. My name is Mary. I'm from hell. But I love dating. (laughs) I love dating. Please date me. I'm a bad, bad boy. <laughs> Another nice touch was the fact that uh, Babe, at the end of the film, started... nice touch. <laughs> why, why did why did Babe start wearing like a leather fucking spiked collar? Oh, it, there was apparently a big BDSM uh, based plotline that was cut out. No, I'm, I'm making that up. I'm making that up. <laughs> how, is that, how weird it's, that we talked about the crow tooth thing. Yeah, and it's because of the bulldog. Not the bulldog. The is that a bull terrier? I, th- I think it's a Boston terrier. Bull terrier gives Babe the collar. It's like a. It's like a. Mm. You've you've earned my respect. Have my collar. 
All right, so... Do you big, remember that? No, did I didn't. Did you not watch I this properly? Um, I didn't quite... Uh, one minute I was looking at the screen and Babe was just wearing this collar. I was like, where the f*** did that yeah, collar no, come the, from? The dog that is dipped underwater during the chase scene, after mm. where they chase after Babe, he, he ends up giving Babe the collar out of respect. This is the dog that, you know, viciously barked at... Uh, Babe, didn't he? And That's right, they, they yeah. They broke yeah. out of the chains and chased them. And chased, that, yeah. But then Babe convinces them because Babe is a Mary Sue. <laughs> Babe is honestly like, he's the perfect character. Like, he just seems to be good at everything and, and doesn't have any weakness whatsoever. And any weakness that he does seem to have just fucking seems to work out for him. Oh, he's naive. That's fine. That suits him. What? Rubbish. Mm. I don't know I can't hate this film too much I think there's so much to like about this film I actually feel compelled to watch uh, the second Babe again uh, and again and again and again because <laughs> there's some, there is something it's like uh, it's it's like Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me or Eating a Twiglet you just kind of go was it really like that and then you go back and watch it again it really was like that and then you, over time you start to like it I find that with Mad Men, right? See, when I'm not talking, when I'm thinking about Mad Men, I kind of take it for granted. I'm like, eh, huh. And then I put it on, and I'm like, this is the best show of all time. I love it. It's, the f- <laughs> it's my favourite thing in the whole world. Mad Men. Mad Men's amazing. See, every time, uh, I, I can't remember, there was a point, uh, one of the series was the turning point where it stopped doing this, but for the first four series or three seasons of that show, whenever there was a TV in the shot, they just made it really like a work of art, like a proper yeah. Americana type painting. Oh shit, I don't remember. TVs just always looked great. TV? Within that show. So whenever you a TV within your TV. Well, it's because 1960s was the TV decade, man. So they made TVs just look fucking great. There's a wall that's got elements there and all items on shelves and stuff. Then this TV. It's the gateway to the like, other place, man. Yeah. This is Polish lesson number... I can't remember. Czemuły tyłek jest wystarczająco zgrabny dla ciebie? Tak lub nie, to jest prosta. Tak lub nie, to jest prosta. Czemuły polski jest dobry? Tak lub nie, to jest prosta. Which means, is my bum shapely enough for you? Yes or no, it's that simple. Yes or no, it's that simple. Is my Polish good? Yes or no, it's that simple. So yeah, Mm -hmm. Babe 2. What's there to say about it? Surprisingly, for a film that's got so much in it, a lot of it you can kind of just hand wave away and be like, yeah, it is weird, isn't it? Mm -hmm. There's not actually much kind of ins and outs towards that, you know? So, I don't know. Babe 2's cute. It's very cute. It's the cute film that beats you into submission quite quickly, you know, quite early on. Mm. And then you just spend the rest of the time in kind of shoulder shrugging. I guess that's what happened next. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I guess that's what happened next. So the climax of the movie has Esme dressed in a clown clown suit because her clothes are like too... I can't remember why she needs to change her clothes. But she changes into the... She just does. Yeah, she changes into the clown suit. Because I fucking... I wrote it in the script. She's going to get naked in front of us. Just (laughs) kidding. There was no nudity in this film. She rides on the clown bike She rides. What? She rides. Rides on the clown bike. (laughs) On the clown bike. Clown bike. The clown. The clown bike. What the fuck's going on with me? The clown bike. I've lost my accent, I really have. 
she rides on the clown bike to the <laughs> banquet or whatever it is in the finale uh, and on the back of an ambulance and then while she's at this banquet she, her clown suit inflates because it's some for some reason an inflatable clown suit and she spends the finale bouncing about in her fucking big old clown suit like literally she's inflating like a giant big ball and she's jumping from table to table at this banquet trying to grab babe off of um one of the kitchen workers who wants to make babe into a fucking pot of stew you know i thought of (laughs) i thought of what she was wearing not as a clown suit but as uh inflated bloomers yeah, why is she wearing inflated bloomers? Like, inflated bloomers. I presume it's some part of the circus act that Babe sabotages early on in the film. I don't really know. I do like her fake Scottish accent, though. That's that's a really. I you know something? I didn't notice she had a Scottish accent until the second film. I was like, oh, that is a Scottish accent. Yeah. Yeah. So that actress, I, I wish I knew her name. She um, you know what? I'm not going to do her an injustice. I'm going to actually look up her name right now. She's actually got an interesting bio on the DVD, but I've forgotten what <laughs> what it was. <laughs> Her name is, oh goodness, I can't pronounce it. Uh, her name is Magda, and it's spelled S-Z-U-B-A-N-S-K-I. Because she had a Polish parent. I believe it'll be, it'll be Shubansky, perhaps? Yeah, Shubansky. Magda Shubansky. She was in Babe, that was her debut film, I think. She was in Babe 2, and then I think a couple years after, she was in, now have you seen this film? The Crocodile Hunter Collision Course. No. That's another Australian movie. It is an absolute <laughs> classic. Steve Irwin. Steve yeah. Irwin, The yeah. Crocodile Hunter. Cutter. <laughs> <laughs> the Crocodile Hunter. <laughs> if only... The, if only... The, the Crocodile Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The Crocodile Hunter. <laughs> Just keep saying it. The Crocodile Hunter. He kills them in increasingly insane ways, like just by fucking like breaking their necks and shit. Just like I think that episode... this crocodile. <laughs> you see if you show up for episode two of that, it just like it's a close-up of his face and he's just like, Hi, I'm glad you're back. It's the crocodile cunter. <laughs> 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 now that I know you're back for some more, I know you're really with me. You're really with the counter on this one. <laughs> the crocodile counter. See, that perfectly makes sense. He's Australian, isn't it? And they love saying that word. They love it. I hope they do. Well, that's the one thing that Scottish people and Australian people have in common. They love the word cunt. Brilliant. Hi there, my name is Chucky. I have a podcast. Listen to my podcast, please. It doesn't have any listeners and I think it's great. Please listen to my podcast. I don't really care much for dating. I don't even have a penis. Please just listen to my podcast. I talk about DIY, I talk about cars, and I talk about politics. All the fun things for women and men to enjoy.